This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I mean, stop, Seager! Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Gary Hill back with you. Thanks for being here once again. Hopefully you enjoyed your off day yesterday. Mariners back at it tonight. We're going to take a quick look at the series on the podcast today. This is a fun one. Also coming up today, Rick Riz had a chance to sit down with Omar Vizquel as Mariners celebrating their 40th season. And Omar Vizquel, a big part of that, obviously, the former Mariners shortstop. It's a great conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, learning how to switch it at the big league level, uh, growing up without a glove, some great stories. The Mike Blowers is going to join us. He shares his thoughts on Omar as well. He tells a couple of great stories as well, especially about winging the ball around the horn at Omar, which is fantastic. And Blow's going to talk more about shortstops right now, current shortstops. We just saw a couple of best in the series against Cleveland. So that comes up. Ton going on on this homestand, six-game homestand, Angels for three, Rangers for three. Greg Green is going to be here. There's a lot going on at the ballpark, so Greg Green's going to fill us in on everything going on. Much-needed homestand for the M's. I was looking at it yesterday. They've played the second most, going into play yesterday, played the second most amount of road games in baseball this season. Only the Padres have played more road games than the Mariners. And you compare it to a team like Texas, who had played nine so far. I mean, the Mariners have played uh, eight more road games than the Rangers have. Six more than, I think, uh, the Astros and the A's, which is a ton when you're talking about just a sample of one month of baseball. So they've been on the road a ton. They'll be at home more in the coming weeks, and we'll see if they can take advantage of that. They've played well at home so far this year, although they have not been at home very often so far this year. But it's six games in the division Angels and Rangers, and it starts with James Paxton on the hill tonight, which is a great thing. Paxton, 3-0, a 1-3-9 ERA. He has been razor sharp. He's just been scored on in one outing where he gave up five runs. So 7-10 first pitch tonight, Paxton on the hill, taking on Matt Shoemaker. Angels come in at 14-13, and a game above 500. they They've been playing some great baseball, really playing well. Shoemaker... One and one with a four seven three ERA so far this season, and then tomorrow, seven ten first pitch as well. Iwakuma takes the ball. Ricky Nolasco will go for the Angels, 
And then uh, Thursday, that's going to be a night, night start as well. 7-10, first pitch. Miranda against uh, and a starter that the Angels haven't announced yet. So Paxton, Iwakuma, Miranda. Mariners looking to take a series against the Angels. And then welcome in the Texas Rangers. And again, at the end of the podcast, Greg Green's going to talk about everything going on. Right now, though, let's hand things over to Rick Riz. Little O, Omar Vizquel. Well, for the Mariners, it's their 40th anniversary season, and among our travels around the American League, we have a chance to catch up with uh, former players who help write the history of the franchise, a chance to sit down and talk some Mariners baseball with the best shortstop I've ever seen. Little O, Omar Vizquel, 24 years in the major leagues. Omar hit 272, 80 home runs. I'm impressed with the 80 home runs, Omar. Almost 1,000 RBIs, over 400 stolen bases. And 11 gold gloves, Cleveland Hall of Fame, Latino Hall of Fame, second best fielding percentage of any shortstop in Major League history. I'm not done yet, Omar. First career in games played at shortstop, 2,709, two World Series with Cleveland. And But the 24 years in the big leagues, that was absolutely amazing. You come up as a Mariner as a 19, 20-year-old kid in 1989, played with the Mariners from 89 to 1993. What were some of your fondest memories, Omar, as a Seattle Mariner? Wow, Rick, first of all, you just mentioned a bunch of stuff that I, I had in the back of my mind and I haven't really talked about it for that long. You know, it's, it's amazing that after 24 years career in the big league, uh, you know, I, I came up to the Seattle Mariners organization at 16 years old and uh, with a lot of doubt in my mind that I ever was going to be playing in the big leagues. Obviously, it's every kid's dream to be out there, but... Uh, just the fact that I got there in 89 and played with, with, with Ken Griffey, with Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, and all those guys that represent the, the Seattle Mariners in those years, man, it's crazy. You know, you look back and uh, I couldn't believe uh, everything that happened around my life. Uh, obviously, Seattle was my first team and uh, a lot of things that I remember about it, but it, it was great. Uh, every moment I enjoyed it that much that's what I met my first wife and uh, you know I'm still raising my kids down yeah. in the Seattle area so it's amazing 1989 your debut Ken Griffey Jr.'s debut how did they tell you Jimmy Lefevre tell you that you made the ball club out of spring training well remember that we have some kind of problem with the regular shortstop that was uh, uh, Ray, uh, Ray Quinones and uh, you know uh, they didn't know what to do in that position uh, on the last day of spring training everybody had their suitcases ready to go on the truck and I still have the doubt that I, I didn't know where I was going to be. So I asked my third base coach, hey, do you think that I have to send the suitcases with the team or, or leave them here in Arizona? I mean, what do I do? They talk to the manager and say, after the game, they're going to talk to you. So I have to weigh the whole ordeal of the nine innings, what's going to happen, where am I going to be, all that stuff. And then after the game, they call me on and off and say, Congratulations, you just made the team. So it, it was amazing uh, the way that I just uh, started my career. I was switch hitting. Uh, I only have like eight months of uh, switch hitting. So, uh, yeah, I didn't really have the chance to to develop my hitting on, on, on that year. You know, learning in the big league to switch hit, it was a really hard process. But, I, you know, I played some good defense, and, and obviously I stayed there for, for all that time. You make your major league debut opening day in April of 1989, juniors debut as well he gets a double when did you get your first major league hit and who'd you get that hit off of you know we have that series against the Oakland A's the world champions on that year and uh, uh, we had to face Day Stewart on the first game I don't remember who threw the second game and then on my third game Storm Davis who was the the guy that I had my first hit off yeah. I have a 2-0 
count and I hit a, a left field double. And, uh, you know, that was my first my first inning in the big leagues. And your rookie year, you hit one home run. Who'd you hit it off of, your first home uh, run? I think that I hit it off Jimmy Key. I, I was hitting right-handed in the kingdom, and I hit a fastball 3-1 count uh, inside, and the ball happened to hit the foul pole. And that was my only homer that year. How do you like playing at the kingdom? Well, as a young player, you don't really care what you play the game. Uh, you know, I was just so thrilled to be in a baseball field. Uh, everybody complained about the field, but I love it. Walking there, you see everything around it and, and, and the history that, that represents a ballpark for most of the guys. Uh, you know, to me, it was uh, one of the most exciting moments in my life. Uh, just playing a, a major league game and you don't really uh, notice the difference of playing there or playing right. in Yankee Stadium or playing in any other field. Visiting with Omar Vizquel here on the Mariners' 40th anniversary in Little O, you turned yourself into a very good offensive player, but defense was your game. What made you such a great defensive shortstop? I think growing up in the street in Caracas, Venezuela, where I'm from, uh, you know, we used to play with no glove, and uh, that developed uh, uh, the quickness and, and, and the soft hands and, 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 any, and anything you want to call it. Mm. Sometimes I didn't really need to take that many ground balls. It just happened naturally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember all my coaches telling me a little bit uh, of, of technique or how to... F- but uh, Mari Martinez, who was the guy that signed me, uh, you know, told the coaches, don't tell Omar anything, just let him play the game, and, uh, you know, things just, just took care of themselves. Uh, I remember when I, Chris Bossio threw that no-hitter that I barehand the last out. A lot of people say if I was crazy, and how do you dare to catch the ball in a no-hitter? And say that was the only chance to make that out. It was an amazing a way how I play with Harold Reynolds and, and all the guys out there. Uh, I received a lot of help from Dave Bali, Alvin Davis, and all, all the young guys that, uh, you know, that were around that team then. Yeah, that was an incredible play. The chopper over the mound, you cut across the infield, barehand the ball, and throw out Ernie Riles for the final out of that game. What went through your mind? Well, uh, you know, first time that I uh, I participated in a no-hitter, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to hold. Uh, you know, I just went down in the mound and waiting for somebody to give me a hug. And then all of a sudden, everybody's jumping and, 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 and hugging. So it was one of the most uh, memorable times in, in Seattle. You're going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot, I believe, next year. And you're going to be in Cooperstown with Junior, with Dave Niehaus. You're going to get there, buddy. You're the best I've ever seen. How much have you thought about that day going into Cooperstown? Uh, no much, to tell you the truth. It's going to be interesting what they have to say about my career. You know, obviously I can't do anymore. I never thought I was going to be in this game for so long. and have the opportunity now to be uh, with the best of the game. So, uh, you know, whatever happened is great. I'm very, very happy the way that turned out. And, and thank you for the guys that gave me the opportunity to stay on the field. I tell you what, my eyes watching you play for 24 years, you were a Hall of Famer each and every year, and thank goodness, thank goodness you were a Mariner in 1989. Omar, thanks a lot for joining us here in our 40th anniversary season. Yeah, thank you so much, and congratulations to the Seattle Mariners on their 40th uh, anniversary. Little O, Omar Vizquel, Hall of Famer. Now I had a chance to talk to Mike Blowers. And we started talking about Little O. Here with you. Now joined by Mike Blowers. Time for Sundays with Blow. Mike, we were planning on talking about shortstops. It feels like we should start with Omar since we just heard from him. Yeah. Man, he was fun to watch play. Shortstop. Terrific. Best hands that I've ever seen as far as anybody in the middle of the diamond. Uh, bar none. You know, for me, and he made it look easy, and he played with so much confidence. And if you were to watch him play, you would think that it, it, 
pretty quick feet. That his hands were good, obviously, but his arm was short. But he seemed to throw everybody out by half a step. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what the play was. He always ended up getting you out. So um, terrific. But I had a pretty good arm when I could play. And Omar and I used to have a game because he used to tell me all the time about his hands and mess around and do his different things. So uh-huh. one day there's a strikeout and the ball comes down to me at third. And we're going to throw it around the horn and. He's fairly close to me, and I just let it fly. I mean, I threw it as hard as I could throw it. And Omar, with the heel of his glove on, on this hand, he'd take, he, would, he would hit the ball with the heel of his glove and then snatch it with his bare hand. So I'm like, okay. I, and I'd usually just lob it over there. You know? right. So I'm going to get him this time, and i throw it. No, it didn't matter. He did the same exact thing. And then he looked at me, and he said, throw it as hard as you want any time you want. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we just sort of talk about it. I mean, he grew up playing without a glove. Well, and that's the you know one of the funniest things that ever happened. There are a lot of things with obviously with Lou and, and Sam Perlazzo who worked with the infielders, but Omar. One of the things that he told me when I was playing thirds is if the ball goes in the air, I have it. Mm-hmm. I just get out of the way. I don't. And I'm like, well, what if it's coming down right on top of me and I'm just standing there? I haven't moved. He goes, I'll be there. Just get out of the way. <laughs> need to help my fielding percentage, which I'd laugh. But the thing that was great about it is Omar would typically on the ball was coming down and he was feeling pretty good about himself. He would raise his, his glove up with his left hand like he was going to normally catch it. And he would almost swat the, the thing coming back down to the ground and, and just kind of snatch it out of the air. And it would drive Lou crazy because he didn't care if, it, if there were two outs and the bases were loaded. Omar was going to do it anyway. And Lou was, uh, would, would say, he said to Sam, he goes, one day he's going to drop it and he's going to be in big trouble with me. So you better go tell him to stop doing that. And Omar just smiled because I was sitting there when Sammy was telling him. And Omar just smiled and he said, I'll never miss one. <laughs> and he never did, right? Not that I ever saw. And you know, one of the things, too, with, with Omar um, – he turned himself into a pretty good offensive player. Yeah. He played right here in Cleveland, um, and he hit second in their lineup and did a lot of things for them offensively that I don't think he gets the credit for, um, for in large part because everybody talks about his defense for good reason. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he turned himself into a pretty good offensive player, too, because he was not that when he first came to the big leagues. He was strictly a glove guy. Oh, he just talked about that, too. He literally was learning to switch hit at the big league level, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. and. Um, you know, he had some ability. He could run, and he, when he, as soon as he learned to bunt and, and, and work both sides of the infield with the bunt, I think he, that's when he really started to take off. Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers he did stack up in his defense. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame shortstop. I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, impressive. And speaking of shortstops, you know, this series has been fun. We get to see Lindor firsthand and now Segura part of the Mariners lineup on a daily basis. Are we seeing – the best two shortstops in the American League go head-to-head in this I think, series? I think it's certainly possible. I, I, I think first let's start with Segura. Uh, this is a guy that led the National League in hitting last year. As He was playing second base. Mm-hmm. He's naturally a shortstop, though. Um, hit for a high average, well over 300. I think he has an opportunity to win a batting title over here in the American League. And for me, I wanted to see his defense, what that was like. He's been very, very good defensively. In fact, he has a better arm than I expected him to have. He can make every play that's out there, and he's done that so far. He's been very consistent. Uh, and he has a chance to win a batting title, so I think you have to put him in the mix. And you look at Lindor, a guy that has a lot of range, strong arm, uh, great hands, switch hitter, has some power, uh, can steal some bases. Uh, yeah, he's, he's an exciting young player that's just going to get better. So I, I think when you start looking, there's a lot of great shortstops, I, I think, in the American League. You can go look at Escobar with Kansas City. You can look at Correa with Houston, uh, Simmons with, with the Angels. But I think, I, I think a lot of Segura. 
But yeah. for me, Lindor has been a lot of fun to watch in this series, too. And I think when, when Cleveland is in, in Seattle at the end of the year, I think the fans are really going to like watching him play. Yeah, no doubt about that. He plays that. with a lot of enthusiasm, a mm-hmm. smile on his face. I mean, he really plays hard. Uh, he's fun to watch. Yeah, no, he's one of the young stars in the game right now. For Segur, he strikes me as uh, we've watched him for a month now. Uh, one of those guys that the more you watch him, the more you appreciate how good he is and more and appreciate his game that much more by seeing him on a daily basis. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think that when you watch him in person and you watch him at the plate and the things that he's able to do, um, I think it's going to it'll overshadow what he does defensively. That's why I wanted to mention it. And this is a guy that also stole 30 bases mm-hmm. last year too, so he can run. He knows what he's doing on the bases. He can get himself into scoring position. But he uses he he really uses the entire field, and he is a hitting coach's dream, in that he rarely gets outside the strike zone. But if it's in the strike zone, I don't care if it's the first pitch or the fifth pitch of an at bat. He typically is going to hit it hard somewhere, and it allows him to get a lot of base hits that way. But he'll take a walk if you want to walk him too. I, yeah. I just uh, he's he's so much fun to watch, and there aren't many guys that are like him in the game that I that I see. No, it's a with great, the style that he has and the right. way that he goes about his business. Yeah, it's fun uh, with he and Cano. I mean, yeah, and he can hit twenty home runs. Play. He hit yeah, twenty home runs right. last year. A lot of doubles too. A lot of I mean, doubles. I mean, well, he hits the ball hard. Yeah. He hits a lot of line drives. Uh, you know, he's he's so much fun to watch, and uh, you really appreciate him. And he hits good pitching which is not what, something that not everybody can do. So yeah. he's, he's fun. But I, I, th- I think he'll be, if not at the top, he'll be towards the top by the end of the year as far as shortstops you know, in the American League. Yeah, and I was thinking about the double, the great double play combinations in the game right now. And Cano and Segur are up there. I mean, you think about Turner and Murphy from Washington, Correa Altuve is sure. another really good one. I mean, there's some really good ones out there. Lindor Kipnis is a good one. Yeah, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. But the Mariners are right up there. Yeah, I think they are. I, I really like um, – I love their infield. They're in, they're, yeah. you, know, you throw Seager in there who's won a gold right. glove. You mentioned Robbie, uh, future Hall of Famer. Uh, now this now this kid at shortstop, uh, really they're really good defensively, and and they're going to turn. They have already turned a lot of double plays. And here's Greg Green. It's Greg Green from the Mariners. Greg, how are you this morning? Greg, Gary, good morning. Good morning. Well, it's going to be great to get back home. This has been a long road trip and a lot of fun coming up. Six game homestand, Angels and Rangers. A lot of good stuff going on during that homestand. What's what's happening? We got a lot cooking. Uh, you know, it starts with some uh, great ticket specials against Angels on uh, May second. We got our new half price uh, nights. We each do half price nights. We're in half price thirteen dollar tickets. You got happy hour going on until first pitch. Then the uh, triple play ticket special the next day on Wednesday, which includes a ticket, <clears throat> uh, hot dog, and a uh, a beverage, including a beer now. For just twenty six bucks, that's a really good deal. Nice. And uh, and then Thursday, uh, for all you Star Wars fans, myself included, uh, it is <laughs> our Star Wars ticket special on May the fourth, as in May the fourth be with you. Uh, or if you can go to mariners dot com slash Star Wars, you get a ticket and a lightsaber uh, for a great price. And we're going to have over sixty Star Wars characters Whoa. in the so ballpark for you to get photos with. So it's always a great day at the ballpark. And who are you going to be? Anybody that's a fan. Who are you going to be? <laughs> I, I, I would probably guess that most people would say an Ewok, but it's my stature, but uh, uh, we'll, see. we'll see. Nice. I'm working on my Jedi status. Oh, good. Um, yeah. And then everything happens under the sun on May 5th, which, as you know, is also Cinco de Mayo, which is mm-hmm. also our beard hat night and college night at Safeco Field. Uh, wow. It should be a really fun night at the ballpark. Yeah. 
Uh, John Ross the third, uh, recent uh, first round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, going to be out throughout the first pitch. Oh, nice! Uh, fastest man in the NFL. So that should be a really quick pitch, but it'll be exciting to see if you, if you don't blink. And are you going uh, to race him? A little foot race before his first pitch? I think yeah, you maybe. Should. Maybe we'll have Maybe him and uh, Gerard will get out there and, and do a little race. We'll see uh, how they <laughs> nice. do on the 40. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then on the 6, uh, we're doing the King Felix bobblehead for uh, first 20,000 fans. A really cool bobblehead with Felix standing right inside the crown. Uh, that's sure to be a collectible. And then uh, wrap up the homestand on Sunday, one week from today, with our uh, – Little League Day, our first Little League Day, and really cool Cal Seeger cap for all the kiddos at the ballpark. Nice. How's that for a homestand? Yeah, that is a jam-packed homestand. That's a great way to start May. A lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell you got to tell us a little bit about the, this edition of the beard hat. I could have used it last this, night. It was pretty cold here in Cleveland. So the, the little-known fact about the beard hat, the father of the beard hat is actually the guy that's the model in all the pictures, the guy that's staring <laughs> off into space, Malcolm Rogel, <laughs> our picture director. Brought the, the father of the beard hat. That's he is, great. He is the father of the beard hat. He wears it. He helps us design it every year, and he is really taking it to the next level. Big, bushy, gray beard. Uh-huh. Really cool hat. And what's nice this year is, let's say you're not as into the beard, you can actually detach it. It has, like, little buttons on it and hooks, and you detach the beard, and you just got a really sweet uh, Mariner's Knit cap uh, left. So uh, it is truly a, a special edition of the beard cap, beard hat, <clears throat> and... Uh, I know fans like to come out and get a lot of selfies. We see a lot of those showing up uh, on our Twitter feed, Instagram. Uh, this year's beard hat is sure sure to please. So it's the Mark McLemore of beard hats. It's the most versatile one that we've seen so far. That's what you're saying. <laughs> it really does it all. It really, it's kind of, we, we like to say the Taylor Motter, but the, uh, the hair is in the front instead of the back. The nice. party's in the front and the chin. <laughs> Nice. Okay. You know, Saturday is going to be a big day with Felix Bobblehead. Give us more detail about what this one looks like. So, yeah, the, the, the king is, is on top of his crown. I mean, we've got this beautiful gold crown uh-huh. at the base that rings it, and uh, Felix stands right on the top of it. Um, you know, we've had a, a few additions and heard a lot of great feedback about this one. And uh, if first 20,000 fans are going to, to pick that one up, at the ballpark uh, this weekend on Saturday. And uh, more great bobbleheads coming up uh, on May 20th, Jay Buhner bobblehead, the first Jay Buhner bobblehead we've done. And then on uh, May 19th, the next homestand as well. I don't know if you've seen the Kuma bear hoodie. Oh, yeah. It's actually the bear hat put into a hood, and you get the whole hooded sweatshirt. And it's a nice, thick sweatshirt as well. We're giving away 15,000 of them on Friday the 19th. So plenty more great giveaways, lots of great reasons to come out to the ballpark. Teams, uh, teams getting hot, bats are heating up, and uh, it should be a really fun homestand coming up. Oh, we can't wait. Greg, good stuff. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Greg Green from the Mariners. Tuesday through Thursday against the Angels, all at 710. Next weekend against the Rangers, 710 Friday, 610 Saturday. Day baseball, 110 on Sunday. Can't wait to get home after this long road trip. We just came from the Bay Area, and there was a picture in the sports page of giant shortstop Omar Vizquel, who unbelievably has played in more games at short than any other player in the entire history of baseball. But there is one game in particular that I remember most for little O, the great prestidigitator. It was early in his career, April the 22nd, 1993, and during that offseason, the club had signed a grizzled old veteran by the name of Chris Bazio from Milwaukee. Boz 
bad knees and all, was as tough a competitor as you would ever want to see. One of those throwbacks who had knocked down their own mother if she was crowding the plate. Anyway, Boz had gotten off to a rough start with the Mariners. He had a loss and two no decisions in his first three starts. So he began his fourth start by walking the first two batters he faced. And we began to wonder just what in the world did we have here? 26 outs later, with the Mariners leading 7 to nothing, the Bo Sox, Ernest Riles, strolled to the plate. His 2-1 pitch on the way, swung on, high jumper with the mound, charged by Vizquel, barehead, throws, it's over, and Fazio has done it! My, oh my, what a performance by Chris Fazio! Chris Bazio went on to win 27 games for the Mariners in his four years with the club and was an integral part of the 95 club. He served as coach in the Mariners' minor league system for a while, but will always be remembered for his no-hitter in 1993. As for Omar, still with the Giants after many years in Cleveland, the winner of 11 gold gloves and the author of over 2,600 hits, he's putting the wraps on what could very well turn out to be a Hall of Fame career. I'm Dave Niehaus.